Genesis chapter number 1 is where we're going to be. Genesis chapter number 1. While you're turning there, I want to say how much Becky and I appreciate the opportunity to get to be here uh, for a couple days uh, this week. And I appreciate the hospitality, uh, the good food. We got to eat at uh, two different houses over the last two nights, which is a lot better than the Applebee's we get fed sometimes when we go places. And the food was immaculate and great, and you all have been very, very good to us. I got to spend a lot of time with the pastor today, and he's talking to me about how God's blessing this church And I rejoice in watching God bless this uh, church and seeing good days and great days ahead of it. Uh, He and I are in a lot of ways in the same uh, position. And uh, he probably won't say this, but I sure wish somebody would say this for me at my place. That there is a great pressure following a great man. And uh, if I've heard it once, I've heard it. Uh, a bunch since I've started pastoring. Well, that's not how Brother Brown did it. <laughs> and uh, God knows my heart that I, wanted, I want to pastor the church God's given me, number one, to please the Lord, but I also want Preacher Brown to be proud of what I've done. And I believe his heart's the same, and it's, it's great to see God blessing this place and see God using this place to reach another generation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, I love this church. I really do. He said, if you're part of the faith family, raise your hand. Becky said, this is not your church. I said, I feel like it is. Uh, But I appreciate uh, the goodness of God. I appreciate getting to be with Garrett uh, playing piano. I've I've been knowing him since I get, I don't know, he's a teenager, right? 10 or 11 years old. Me and Jared Dixon would go preach in Alabama and him and his brothers, they'd be playing guitars and pianos and one of the most talented musicians in America today, and I appreciate him uh, being with us as well. Genesis chapter number one, if you're there, stand to your feet in honor and reverence for the word of God for just a few minutes, and uh, we'll look at God's word. I've done a study on the first mention of the word first at the house. I'm preaching through using that word first as a theme for the month of January. And I thought I would start it out by doing a word study on the word first and the law of first mention going and finding the first place. The word first is mentioned in the Bible leads us to Genesis chapter number one, speaking about the first day, chronologically explaining the things that God did on the first day that I believe can encourage us and equip us uh, starting a new year. The, the first day, the first of the year, and all that goes along with that. And so I want to take a look at Genesis chapter number 1, verses 1 through 5 tonight. The Bible says, In the beginning, God. I still believe that's the way it all started. Somebody say amen. amen. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Verse 3, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. 
And God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray, God, that you'd help us as we open your word tonight. I pray, O Holy Ghost, that you'd speak to hearts, challenge hearts. I pray if there's one here among us that does not know you as their Savior, God, would you save them tonight? I pray, God, for that one that's discouraged, I pray you'd encourage them. And God, may we be better equipped to serve you tomorrow because of what happens in this room tonight. And Lord, for all that you do, we'll be very careful to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. For it's in Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said. Amen. You can be seated. We find in verse number five the very first mention of the word first. And as we walk into this new year, uh, it is the first of the year, a brand new year, a brand new season full of brand new opportunities. Uh, how many of you all started off with some New Year's resolutions uh, prior to January the 1st? He's going to quit drinking that Coke. He's going to start going to the gym and uh, if we were to be honest, many of us have already busted up our New Year's resolutions. But what an opportunity it is, almost like a reset, a, a brand new start that we find. And here we find in verse number five where God called the light day and the darkness he called night and the evening and the morning were the first day. I believe in this text, verses one through five, we can find just a couple things that God did on the first day that I believe in the life of every believer, you can find him doing that in your life as well. Number one, if you're taking notes, I want to draw your attention to this fact that on day one, on the first day, God delivered order out of chaos. God delivered order out of chaos. God is a God of order. Amen. God is a God with a master plan and a master design. And we find on day one, God delivered order out of chaos. You say, how so? Well, in verse number two, the Bible said, and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Uh, the, the earth was without form and it was void. Uh, it, darkness was everywhere. It was just a mess. It was chaos at every corner. Uh, there was no uh, symmetry. All, all the different beautiful things we see was before God created. And, and the, the earth was void and uh, without form. And darkness was everywhere. But we find in the end of verse number 2 that the Bible said that the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. What a blessing it is to know that we serve a God that has the ability to deliver order 
out of chaos. Now, for all of you perfect people that are in church tonight, you can go ahead and tune me off for a little bit, but for all of the rest of us that are imperfect and have made mistakes and know what it's like to have guilt and shame and a mess of life because of our own decisions, which all of us ought to raise our hand and say we fit into that category rather than the first category because all of us know what it's like to mess stuff up. We are all imperfect from the man pastoring to the man preaching to everybody in this room. All of us are made out of the same stuff and we all have had chaos in our world at times. But what a joy it is to know that we still serve a God that has the ability to bring order out of our chaos. I go all the way back and I think about my life. I think about my family tree. I think about my heritage and I think about the fact that all of my grandfathers were nothing but alcoholics. And I think about my family and I think about my mom's side, drugs and alcohol and all that could be imagined in that kind of atmosphere where there was no preacher, there was no Sunday school teacher, there was no Tuesday night revival service. And right before I was born into this world, my daddy fell under what we call old time Holy Ghost conviction and and was pacing back and forth. Somebody finally told him about an old fashioned Baptist preacher in the mountains of West Virginia. And my dad went with his friend to church on a Sunday night and said that preacher got behind that pulpit and began to preach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And my dad said for the very first time in his life, he went to a church and for the very first time in his life, he heard about the gospel and he could not shake it. He could not get away from it. And he got to his mama's house trying to get away from the voice that was dealing with his heart, what we would call conviction. And he got inside the basement of his mama's house and inside the basement of his mama's house, he finally bowed his knees and said, God, I've tried to quit drinking. I've tried to quit the drugs and I can't. But God, that preacher said that you could born me again and change my life and give me the power to get out of the mess that I'm in. And my dad, by his own testimony and by his own words, looked up to the God of heaven and said, God, the best I know how, I'm asking you to born me again like that preacher talked about down at the church. And at that moment, in that exact same moment, the God of heaven heard his prayer, wrote his name in the Lamb's book of life, saved him by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Hell moved out. Heaven moved in. My daddy became a saved, born again believer. That night he said he went and found my mom, which wasn't my mom then, wasn't even his wife then. It was just his girlfriend at the time. And he told her that he got born again. She didn't know what that meant. She wasn't a church person either. Uh, and she said, fine. And she said, but keep that to yourself. I don't want nothing to do with it. The next Saturday, they was on a date going to get a cheeseburger. And daddy laughs about it now. He said, I looked at your mama and said, hey, I'm going to go hear that preacher again in the morning. Do you want to go with me? And said, your mama looked at me and realized she was in West Virginia and said, ain't nothing else to do. Might as well go to church. And they went to that little Baptist church up the, up in, right outside of Charleston, West Virginia. And dad said it was as if that preacher didn't skip the page that he preached off the last week and started preaching on the blood of Jesus and the power of Calvary and the greatness of the gospel. And he said, I looked over at your mama and said, when that preacher started preaching, she had her arms folded, kind of like some of y'all got in here tonight, arms folded. 
quoted, smarter than the preacher, smarter than the Bible, didn't want anything to do with what that preacher had to say. He said, but the more that preacher got to preaching the Bible, he said, I noticed your mom's arms unfolded. Said, and I looked over and she started uh, putting her eye like this, wiping them tears off her cheeks uh, as she heard the story of a man that loved her enough to die on a cross for her. And he said, that preacher barely got done preaching. I'm Hallelujah. Said that preacher barely got done preaching and closed his Bible and said, your mama didn't even wait for a formal invitation. She got up out of her seat, went down in front and looked at that preacher and said, I need what he got last week. And the preacher's wife come got my mama and knelt at an altar and led my mama to Jesus. It wasn't long after that they joined the church. My mom and daddy were so ignorant concerning the things of God that when they went to Sunday school and started hearing about Adam and Eve, they thought they were talking about charter members of the church. They did not even know who Adam and Eve were. They began to bless their life and get involved in the church. And dad said, son, when we got involved in that church and started coming to that church, we didn't have a clue what God was going to do with us, but we wanted everything that God had for us. Said we'd come to church every Sunday morning, every Sunday night. He said we would have come on Thursday if they'd opened up the doors. We wanted more of God. And he said we got in there, got saved, and, and then said before long, the preacher said, y'all need to get married. He said, so we got married. He said, it wasn't very long after we got married, your mama got pregnant. Said nine months later or so, said your mama had a baby. He said, and it was you. And said the dad was still in trouble with the law and said that probation officer come in and pick me up out of that crib. Evidently, the probation officer was a Christian man and he looked at my daddy holding me as a little baby. He said, I know, Mr. Townsend, you don't understand all this now. He said, but I'm a Christian man and a church-going man. And when you told me that you got saved, I thought she's just doing what a bunch of them have done and just tried to tell me that because she's trying to get out of trouble. He said, but I cannot deny the change that God has made in your family's life. (laughs) And he he said, I just got a feeling that God has a plan for your family. He didn't have a clue that one day God would call my drunkard daddy to being a gospel preacher. And he sure, I didn't have a clue that the little baby he was holding that God would let me be an evangelist and a preacher and travel the country and tell as many people as I can about the goodness of God and the greatness of the gospel and how Jesus can save anybody, anywhere, anytime. And I look at my life today and I think about where God brought us from and I think about the chaos that my family tree was involved in and I think about where God has me today. I think about Tucker, I think about Siler, and I think about I think about the wife that God gave me and everything in my life today, I can't claim any of it. I can't say, boy, I made some good moves, didn't I? I I made some right decisions, didn't I? I can't take any credit for anything I've got. All I can say is I serve a God that has the ability to take our chaos and when we give it to Jesus, he can take our chaos and bring order to our chaos. That doesn't mean we don't have a mess every now and then. Amen. It don't mean that things don't get a little squirrely every now and then. But I tell you this, we are a far cry from where we'd be if it wasn't for Jesus. He is a God that on the first day, he delivered order out of chaos. 
If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you don't know what you're missing out on. Amen. I still firmly believe the best decision any man or woman will ever make is to say yes to Jesus. I've been doing this quite a while. I've still never met one person that got saved and regretted getting saved. We've regretted a bunch of other stuff, haven't we? But we've never regretted trusting Jesus. And may 2023 be the year where God delivers some people in this town and in this community from their chaos. And may God bring order to that chaos. On the first day, God delivered order out of chaos. Number two, we see very clearly in this text that God divided the light from darkness. He called the light good, and he didn't call the darkness bad or good, but he did say the light was good, and maybe God's a little bit like my daddy when my daddy said, ain't nothing good happens after 9 p.m., right? Y'all have a daddy like mine, you know. Uh, ain't nothing good that happens past 9 p.m. I used to think that my dad was crazy, but now I've got my own kids, and I tell Tucker, ain't nothing good happens after 9 p.m. Uh, God divided the light from darkness. And for those of you that study your Bibles and like to go a little bit deeper, uh, there's a great question here to be asked and to be answered that on the first day that God said, let there be light, and there was light. Uh, and in verse 4, the Bible said that God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Uh, the question would be, uh, where does the light come from? Because it's not until day 4 that we find the creation of the sun. So where does the light come from uh, ladies and gentlemen, I would give you what I believe to be the answer is that God is the light. First John 1 and 5 said, Then this is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie uh, and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light and he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, I love this verse. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. God is light. And listen and lean in. God does not need a son for there to be light. For God is light. His word is even uh, laid out that, that thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a what? Light unto my path. Aren't you glad that in the year 2023, we still have a light in the middle of a dark world? Where would we be without a Bible? 
Y'all be quiet on me while I'm preaching. I will preach till midnight now. I said, where would we be if we didn't have a Bible? Right? Where would we be if we didn't have God's manual? Where would we be if we didn't have a a spiritual roadmap that has all truth based on the inside? This is the source of all truth. This is what truth is all about. And from cover to cover, every question that this world could possibly think of is written down and answered inside of the words of this Bible. It's inspired. It's infallible. It's inerrant. It's God's mind on paper. It lets us know everything that God wanted us to know. And in the year 2023, this is the light that we have to lead us in the midst of darkness. And that is so important. Because we are living in a generation that is trying to swap the light for darkness. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter number 5 and verse 20, Woe! Sounds like a horse riding term, don't it? Whoa. Whoa. I tried to write, it's an inside joke. I tried to ride a horse years ago and about killed me and I've never got on one because when I said whoa, it took off running. So I've never got on one again. Whoa unto them that call evil good and good evil that put darkness for light and light for darkness that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Now, I try to be informed. Leading a church, I'm very careful what I say. I don't want to ever tell a lie from the pulpit, but I got to be honest. You've got to be very careful who you listen to nowadays. I'm not here to get political, but if it gets there, it just so gets there. But there's a lot of people lying in the generation we live in. Call it misinformation, call it news rate, call it whatever you want. But sometimes the spirit on the inside doesn't bear witness with what's being said. And you're like, do you think I'm an idiot to try to get me to believe what you just said? Uh, Even a child can understand that what you're trying to say doesn't make sense because we're living in a generation. I always would read or hear a preacher preach about the end times and the book of Revelation and how this great deception would come in and people would believe a lie. And for years, I remember remember for years here, those kinds of of messages and thinking how in the world will the devil and the antichrist deceive that many people and then believe a lie but here we are we just come out of COVID-19 and all the stuff that goes on and all the talking heads in the media and all the lies that were portrayed that are now starting to come out that they were I ain't gonna get into all that but 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 now we see that now it makes sense oh that's how they'll be the lie they'll they'll pay off these news media media places and they'll say whatever they want them to say and then the masses believe whatever that news media has to say about it. Ladies and gentlemen, the local news media or the national news media is not your source of truth. This Bible is the source of truth. And when it don't make sense in your heart and when it don't taste good spirit, amen, we must stand upon the word of God. This Bible is more relevant than tomorrow's newspaper. Everything that this Bible said was going to happen is happening right before your very eyes. And what a joy it is to be a part of the generation that's living in the 
book of Revelation. I believe we're living in the last days. We're living in the generation when Jesus, I believe, is about to come back after his bride. But here we are in the middle of this mess where there's a generation and a secular agenda and a demonic agenda that is doing its best to call evil good and good evil. Be a Muslim and they'll celebrate you, right? Tim Tebow quietly bows his knee and prays before a football game and they mock him and laugh at him for years, right? Uh, Pass out a Bible in some public schools and they'll stop you before you get to the door but they'll pass out contraceptives and every other thing in the world without even notifying a parent. Plainly state that a boy ought to act like a boy and a girl ought to act like a girl and they'll call you mean-spirited and hateful. Yeah. But live any other lifestyle you want to live and everybody wants to say that you are good and that is evil. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't have a hateful spirit. I don't hate nobody. I want everybody to be saved. But you would have to be crazy to not see where in the generation we're living that they're trying their best to swap the light for darkness. And on the first day, what God did was he divided the light from the darkness. And in this generation, everybody lean in and listen. I'm talking to everybody. We, as the local New Testament church in 2023, it looks like we're the last stand for truth. It looks as if we're the only people that give a rip about what's true and what is false. So maybe, just maybe, for just a few minutes, I could have a little pep rally and encourage you to hold the line. Maybe I could just encourage every Sunday school teacher in this room to don't just treat it like a 30-minute little clause before the main service, but you are literally holding the line and you have the ears of a young generation. You are training them. You are pouring into them. And we need to do our best while an educator has eight hours a day and the church has one hour hour a week, we've got to make up and redeem the time and know that for that little bit of time that we have their young forming minds, uh, that we must put it in their mind that they were not formed from a monkey and they did not evolve from a big bang, but they were fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God and it didn't happen with the big bang. But Genesis 1-1 said, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. We must stand upon the truth. We're not mad about it. We don't have Hate nobody, but if God says it's right, it's right. And if God says it's wrong, it's wrong. And we must unapologetically and unashamedly stand upon the word of God and declare there is a truth in this day and hour. God divided the darkness and the light. That kind of stuff did not mean as much to me until I had my own kids, right? And we was at the house over the holidays and some little show come on and I wasn't paying no attention to it and I had 
two men kissed each other on TV. And my little seven-year-old girl said, Gross, Daddy. Even a seven-year-old little girl who we ain't never talked to about that knew that ain't right. Now, I could either be politically correct and give her a watered-down version. You know what I said? You're right, girl. That is gross. Right, right, right. That ain't right. Light is light and darkness is darkness. And we must walk in the light. God divided the day from the night. Light from darkness. And in the world we're living in, I dare say all of us, if we'd have thought about where we was 10, 15 years ago, if somebody would have ran to us and said, in 15 years, here's what we're going to be dealing with, we'd have said, there ain't no way. Ain't no way. But the darkness is multiplying. And it's getting darker and darker and darker. But newsflash, if God was done with the church... We wouldn't be here. And God doesn't just have us here for no reason. We are to be the light in a dark world. Punching holes in the darkness. Declaring that Jesus is the truth, the life, and the way. That there is a real heaven and there is a real hell. But there is a real man named Jesus who really did die for the sins of the whole world and he really can forgive them of their sin and he can really bring order to their chaos and he really can turn their life around and he really can bring more joy to their life than those joints and those drugs have ever done and he really can bring real fulfillment more than any relationship they've ever had and Jesus really is the answer to every problem. We must declare the truth that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. God divided the light from darkness. Everybody okay? Number three, we see that on the first day, God distinguished a timeline to live by. A 24-hour timeline. This day and the night. And the light's here for a little bit and the dark's here for a little bit. It began in this moment where there was the Bible said it like this, that the evening and the morning were the first day. I think it's interesting. We consider morning to evening the daytime and then evening till morning is the nighttime. But God classified that the evening to the morning was the first day. May we say that God is the God of the night shift. And he likes to work when it's dark. This 24-hour timeline alludes and brings us to the fact that there is a night and there is a day and there is an evening, but with every new day, what is there? A morning. And we find many precious, wonderful promises within your Bible concerning the morning. I'm only preaching on one word tonight, and that's the word first, and I'm having a good time preaching on one word. 
And on the first day, we are introduced to something called the morning. The Bible says in Lamentations 3 and 22, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. What it says about them, they are new every morning. Amen. Great is thy faithfulness, the Bible says. Psalm 30 and 5, for his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night. Here it is now. But joy cometh in the morning. What a blessing it is to know that no matter what I'm in right now, morning's coming. Morning's coming. I... I, 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 I'll leave here and go straight home to a family that's dear to Becky and I and we'll preach a funeral on Thursday, preach another funeral on Saturday and it seems like there's a lot of struggling, a lot of grief, a lot going on at our church right now, people going to heaven and, and, and people are struggling. Uh, but for the child of God, what a joy it does to say uh, that, that, that the weeping may endure for the night, but, but joy cometh in the morning. It ain't always going to be this way. And one of these days, there's going to be a great getting up morning where heaven is going to fix everything. But I'm so glad that God gave us the promise of a morning where it ain't always going to stay dark. The storms that come, they don't come to stay. They come to pass. It is a residual. It is consistent. God is moving this thing, this 24-hour timeline. And until he comes and gets us, the sun's going to keep going up and the sun's going to keep going down. And for the child of God, we have the promise of that sweet morning time where we have new mercies and we have new grace and a brand new start. How many of you have ever messed up? You've dropped the ball, but you're thankful for a new day that gave you a brand new start. I'm thankful for 1 John 1, 9 that said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And the precious promise in the word of God, how that we have a new hope and a new tomorrow on the other side of the forgiveness of God. We have new mercies every single morning. God distinguished a timeline for us to live by. It's almost a fresh start every single day. His mercies are new. I'm so glad every morning I wake up. I wake up to a new deposit of the mercies of God. I don't deserve them. I couldn't pay for them. I don't even know how we'd get them outside of him giving it to us. But every, when you wake up in the morning, in your little account called mercy, there's going to be a brand new deposit with your name on it, the mercies of God. Help me, Garrett. Help me land this plane. You did good last night. I'll tell Brian to give you a raise. This, this kind of message tonight is for every person who in 2022 maybe suffered deep rejection in your life. This word is for every person who maybe you felt like you got the life knocked out of you in the last season. This kind of message is for a person who maybe lost a loved one and felt like you buried a piece of your heart when you laid them in the ground. 
This kind of a message is for every person who uh, went through a terrible divorce in the last 12 months. This kind of a message is for every person who battled sickness with no hope in sight. This kind of message is for every person that feels like maybe you wept more in 2022 than you smiled. This kind of message is for every person that has struggled raising a rebellious teenager not knowing which way to turn. This kind of message is for every person that feels like you've maybe drifted away from God and don't know how to get back home. This kind of message is for every person that never dreamed that life would turn out the way that it has today and you really need God's help and direction. This kind of message is for every single person that doesn't even recognize the person that you see in the mirror. This kind of message is for every person that has been facing extreme guilt and shame based on bad decisions that you made in the past year. Uh, This kind of message is for every person that feels the pressure of the darkness around you, not knowing when it's going to be helped or pushed away. This is for every person that wonders and bows their head and says, God, we sure could use some help. We're in a mess. We need a miracle. We need your touch. We've cried until we can't cry anymore. But I come to tell you tonight that on the first day, God took chaos and made order out of it. God divided the likeness, the, the, the light from the darkness. And God also, on the last day, on the first day, He distinguished a timeline, giving us a brand new morning and every morning new mercies to wake up to. And that same God is active in 2023. He knows you by name. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you've been facing. He knows what your heart's broken about. He knows what brings you anxiety attacks. He knows what has you worried at the core. And happy day, happy day to know that that God knows where you are. He knows what your address is. And he knows how to get a miracle your way. He's not just the God of yesterday. He's not just the God of the past. He's the God of this day and this hour. And he knows how to help you right where you are you are that is the God we serve he's a prayer answering God this past year my dad who has always been A my best friend B my hero he moved in he and my mom live with us before we had kids, we couldn't ever get them to come see us. And once we started having grandbabies, we, we can't keep them away. They just, they're all the time. Finally, my mom and dad have moved in with us. Uh, Becky loves it too, by the way. You just ask her, she'll tell you. Uh, this year, my dad uh, started having some health issues. And I'll never forget about 5 30 6 o'clock in the morning my mom come yelling through the house screaming my name telling me to call 911 my dad was having a stroke in our house i ran into that bedroom john and there my dad was and the whole left side of his body was not functioning and he was using his right arm trying to prop himself up He could see that I was scared. I could see that he was scared. And all I could do was throw my arms around him and say, stay calm. 
We got you. They're on the way. I tried to be strong for him, but I was, it was the scariest moment of my life. I helped him get his clothes on. We sat him up. The ambulance is on its way. And all I could do was walk out on my front porch and look up to the sky and say, God, please help us. God, please let them get here in time. God, please. The ambulance came, got my dad. And I'd be lying if I told you that it hadn't been rough with the ailments that he's dealt with. And in that moment, not knowing how much permanent damage is done by that stroke. Luckily, due to the blessing of God, God watched over him and he hasn't lost any functions. And around Christmas time, we was sitting there and opening presents and doing all that. And I looked over my dad sitting over on the side. And I couldn't help but thank God for watching over my little old daddy. How God showed and proved himself faithful. I looked at my dad last Sunday. We was talking this, I was talking about this at our church. And I said, Daddy, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But as of right now, we can say God sure has been good to us. God's watched over us. And on the first day, God gave us those new mercies every single morning. God's been faithful. God's been good. And in the year 2023, may we start our year right, number one, by thanking him that he's brought us this far, right? There's a lot of us in this room that if it wasn't for the grace of God, we wouldn't be here still. But we thank him for what he's brought us through. And we lift our heads up and we look to the future and say, if I'm still here, then God's got a purpose for my life. And I can't wait to see what God is going to do. And this is what we say down at the church. We believe that the best is yet to come. That God didn't bring us this far to let us down now. But God's going to lead us the rest of the way. If y'all believe that's the truth of God's word, put your hands together and give God praise and thanksgiving for what God's done. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet all over the church. Brian, y'all come get ready to sing a song. It's my last service with you. We're going to head back to South Carolina in the morning. But I'll tell you a really good way to end this little short little revival meeting we have here. And that is, maybe we, maybe we come find a place around an old-fashioned altar and say this, God, thank you for bringing us through some stuff in 2022. Thank you for bringing us to 2023. And thank you that we get to have new mercies every single day as we walk into 2023. They're going to sing a song. And I wonder how many God's people would get out of your seat, come find a place around an altar, and thank Him for what He's brought you through. As they sing, you come.